We are talking travel with Sally Lucas for our sponsor, Travel on King, and we are heading all things French, Sally Lucas. Absolutely or absolument. Um, <laughs> I was lucky enough or fortunate enough to have been uh, able to go down to Sydney this week to a French travel workshop, which they have, and it's been growing. I went to one a few years ago. I don't always go every year, but this year is the most exhibitors they've ever had. There are 87 exhibitors there representing everything imaginable in France, but also they were represented there now with uh, New Caledonia and, of course, Tahiti being French, of course. They've let them become part of the whole day. And, um, and why it, not? They're our local taste of France. Well, they absolutely are. And, I mean, if you can't get to France, there's two quite you know reasonably close options for you anyway. So it was really great, Jane, because what happens when you go to these events is that you get a lot of the regional areas represented. So you're getting brochures you just don't get in Australia. So like if someone be there from Champagne, from Provence, from Burgundy, from the Bordeaux region, so you, Aquitaine or Brittany. So you can go and collect information and specific information about these regions if you've got a region that you think you're interested in or your clients you know, might be interested in. As well, of course, you get all sorts of information about all styles of cruising, from your barge cruising to skippered cruising to, you know, the river cruising, um, you know, to cycling holidays, to walking holidays. Um, and also the one thing they did say last year, uh, our French, um, sorry, our Australians travelling to France has increased by 14%, which they said they were so pleased with, because for a while there Italy has been considered the top European destination. Um, and Monaco, which was represented, because it's a separate principality, of course, only 192 kilometres of it, um, and they said that they get more Australians there now than even Japanese tourists. So Australians are heading more towards France, and they still believe they have a very close affinity with Australians, especially, again, with, with the centenary of World War, and they've got lots of things happening to commemorate that and lots of wonderful things happening as well. Lots of events, you know, so there's some fabulous websites you can go on to get all this sort of information from the different areas that you might want to visit. And even if you just Google the area you're looking at, it'll come up with a visitor's, you know, centre for you to access information, even if you can't get brochures. So at least that gives you all sorts of information, you know, from things like maps on the waterways of for example, Burgundy, listing the canals and what you see specifically along that canal route, um, cycling holidays and maps of the cycling routes and what cycling routes are suitable for families. Um, so, you know, some really, really great information that you can take on board. And even though I've been to France before, I mean, it's a huge country. And, it's, you know, it was, we've said before, you only have to drive a couple of kilometres and you're another village, which doesn't happen in Australia. We can be driving forever and never see anything. So, you know, it's to, just to gain all that information and to help you understand. And, of course, all these areas have just so many beautiful villages in them where they're in a time warp still. You know, there's no high-rise, there's no McDonald's, there's none of that. It's, it's pristine villages, and they are so proud of their villages. And that's another wonderful thing about, about France. And, of course, it borders on some other lovely countries as well, as we all know, that you can visit whilst you're there, whether you wanted to go to Switzerland, Italy, Germany. You know, you're bordering on some wonderful countries that you can incorporate into your French holiday. Um, so... Yeah, it was just wonderful, Jane. And as I said, the um, 
Air France was represented there and they're refurbishing all their aircraft. Etihad was represented there, increasing their flights. So you can actually fly with a connection via Etihad into an Air France into Nice if you don't want to go, for example, to Paris. So they've got this, you know, partnership happening now, which is widening the network for people who want to go. And then they also are suggesting now that you do do a combination of the very fast trains that'll get you city to city, as we've discussed before. And then if you need to, you then can hire a car to do that regional touring where trains don't go, of course. They do the main direct lines, but they don't have a network within these tiny, beautiful little mountains and villages. You really do need a car to get around. The other thing that's on the increase, which was a surprise, is motorhome rental. Um, a lot of people are now hiring motorhomes to, to drive around France. So there's so many ways of, of travelling around France. Um, you know, so many styles of accommodation, whether it be the gites or, you know, the little bed and breakfast, whether it be a pensione, um, a villa, a cottage, um, of course, five-star hotels, if that's what your, your bent is. But there's a whole range of accommodation to suit all needs as well. You know, farms, stays etc so really the world is your oyster you can it's not expensive if you don't want it to be expensive of course like a lot of countries you can choose to travel at a less expensive option and the more you can buy before you go in the way of passes and things like if it's in paris your your metro pass or your pass that gets you the you know the entry into all your, your museum pass and you don't have to queue you go to the head of the queue and all those sort of little things and helping plan your holiday you get a much better I think, result out of your holiday and all that planning. But we can talk a little bit more about some of the other things we uh, had a look at on on Tuesday and uh, mainly with the Pacific Islands that are closer to us. As we talk travel on to NURFM, it's 20 past one. Sally Lucas and a little bit of local French now. Yes, we'll move on um, because... it's warm as well. It's always nice to think about warm. I mean, where's our spring? It hasn't sprung yet, has it? It'll get here. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, the islands of Tahiti, I think it's they're quite superb. And the clarity of water, and oh, it really is. It's just turquoise, turquoise, and more turquoise. Um, but absolutely fantastic. And you've got a, an area which is over 4 million square kilometres, which is equivalent to the size of Europe, but only... 4,000 square metres of that is actual land. So you've got all these different archipelagos within the group here. So you've got the Society Islands, the Tuamoto, the Gambia, the Marquesas and the Australs. And then French Polynesia, of course, is part of the Polynesian Triangle, which borders Easter Island, New Zealand and Hawaii. So quite a unique spread. And it's 118 islands spread across that archipelago. And not all of them, of course, are will have habitation on them. Um, but they've all got their own specific, you know, beauty about them, of course, being volcanic at different times in their life, as a lot of these areas are. And so you've got some, like, low-lying coral atolls and all sorts of wonderful reefs that, that just encircle these islands that make them so spectacular. The other thing I thought I'd mention, Jane, I think the perception has been, as it was for Japan for many years, that it's very expensive to travel to. And, of course, Japan has dropped considerably over the years with the drop of the value of the yen or our strength against it as well. I think it went both ways. Theirs went down and ours went up. Um, but the same with Tahiti, with that French Pacific franc and so on there, that our dollar has improved. So you can go there, and especially if you go to a supermarché or a supermarket, you know, you can buy, for example, um, a local beer for about 250 francs, um, which is the equivalent of about 
the same in Australia, about two fifty, two sixty Australian dollars, roughly. Two dollars. Two dollars fifty. Yeah, so sixty. Um, but if you were to buy it, for example, in a hotel, it'd be around four hundred francs, which is a touch over four dollars Australian. Um, you know, so it's depending where you shop and what you do and how you eat. Um, and there's a range of accommodation to suit as well. So again, you know, it's it's horses for courses. Of course, you do have the beautiful upmarket five star overwater bungalows, which are just to die for. But you can also stay in less expensive accommodation as well. Now, Air Tahiti Nui does service um, Tahiti from here via Auckland three times a week. Um, so you've got a business at economy class service, which does offer full service on that. It's not a, you know, a budget airline. Um, and very nicely fitted out and you get lovely island people serving you and it's just quite beautiful um, and it's only like about just over six hours six and a half hours so it's not too far to travel and of course you've got wonderful influences there as I said with all the island people that have been there over the years and of course you've got museums and the Gauguin Museum and just some lovely things you can do you know whether you want to again cycle hike walk kayak snorkel dive um, beautiful relaxing atmosphere there as well Closer to home, which we have talked about recently, but I'll just touch on it briefly, Jane, because we have talked about it more recently, is New Caledonia, which, of course, is much closer to home. Um, you're only talking about a two-and-a-half-hour flight, as we've mentioned before, and, of course, it has the largest lagoon in the world, which is UNESCO-rated. And, of course, you've got other islands there you can visit as well. So it's it's quite, a, again, a, a very accessible for us. And people just look at Numea, but actually you can drive around the island if you wish, and it's quite mountainous, quite extensive. So, again, you can do some incredible hiking, walking if you're interested in doing that sort of thing as well. So you can do quite a combination. Sailing, of course, which I was fortunate enough to have done, and it's, it's a great place to sail all down through that beautiful lagoon down to the Isle of Pines and back. is, is quite spectacular. Um, you've got the Amade Lighthouse and Island, which is nearby. You've got two beautiful bays there, or three really. Ansvata is the main beach. Then you've got the Bay de Citron and the Bay de la Mazelle. And um, the Bay de Citron has got lots of lovely eateries and really trendy and nice places to, to eat with lovely location overlooking the bay and of course you've got markets etc around the Bay de la Moselle and you've got Le Petit Train which is the little train that operates that you can go and hop on hop off around Yumi and it takes you right up to a lookout at the top which is quite spectacular and that's very close to home for us as I've said so there's two options if you can't get to France you can either go to Tahiti or you know, French Polynesia and you can also do which I haven't mentioned of course sailing holidays around French Polynesia as well or on the Aranui how you do the cargo type vessels that cruise into islands that are there to service them with their goods and that's often the only way you can get there so that's another lovely way to cruise around the um, French Polynesian islands. So all things French this week Jane I just couldn't help but do that seeing as I was at the workshop so yeah I hope uh, the listeners have enjoyed that today and taken them to a little bit of France. And that's Talking Travel for today. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll be back Talking Travel again next week after the 1 o'clock news on Friday on 2NURFM.